Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to a new edition of the Believe in Oakland A's podcast. I'm your host, Ben Ross. Thanks so much for joining us this week. I think we have a little bit to talk about. A's finally making some moves this offseason. The big trade with the Texas Rangers, bringing back Mike Fires. We'll talk about all of that. We also welcome A's beat writer for The Athletic, Alex Coffey, to break down both the trade and some of the moves she expects them to make for the rest of the offseason. We'll hear from general manager David Forst about the trade and what he's looking to improve upon before the season starts. Also, we'll hear from Elvis Andrews, who spoke to the media after being acquired from the Texas Rangers. Let's jump right into it. I'm sure you've obviously heard about the big trade by now, but the A's and Rangers division foes making a swap. Chris Davis, Jonah Heim, and right-handed pitcher Dane Acker heading from Oakland to the Rangers in exchange for shortstop Elvis Andrews. Catcher Aramis Garcia and reportedly about $13 million in cash considerations coming back to the A's. This is a fascinating trade on so many levels just because, you know, obviously the, the financial, the cash considerations are a huge part of it. And David Forrest, you'll hear he even admits that. I mean, look, I've been hard on John Fisher, the A's owner, and unfortunately, the fact that he's unwilling to spend money on this team makes this type of trade necessary to free up some free up some salary space and you know at least give the A's an opportunity to actually add a few pieces and free agents i had been hearing that they really had no money within the budget to spend uh, on free agents before this trade so first of all i think this is one of those rare win-win trades i think both sides did really well. You know, we'll start with the A's. Obviously, they get their shortstop, Elvis Andrews, uh, who's a two-time All-Star, 32 years old. He's he's still under contract for this year and then two more years. But as we said, the $13 million essentially will take care of his salary for this year. Uh, and then we'll see. You know, I, that's actually something I talked with Alex Coffey about on Monday. I, I wouldn't be surprised at some point in the next year or two for the A's to now go out and trade Andrews and uh, maybe allow Nick Allen to take over the shortstop role. But again, that's down the road for now. You know, Elvis Andrews, a, a little bit of a down year last year, dealt with a couple of injuries, but by all accounts, he's healthy now. He says he's feeling great. Uh, the team says that, that they have no concerns, that, you know, going over his medical history. Um, and so he's a guy who can fill in and, you know, replace Marcus Simeon, who goes to Toronto. And, you know, that, look, first things first, that's unfortunate. I, I think all A's fans wanted Marcus Simeon back, and that's where it's so disappointing to have a guy like John Fisher as the owner who just doesn't care at all about the team uh, and doesn't care at all about winning. And so we wish Marcus the absolute best in Toronto. Um, but, you know, Elvis Andrews is sort of the, ne the next best option for the A's, you know, he's a guy who's a career 274 hitter, um, really good defensive shortstop, great guy in the clubhouse, 
you know, a really, really good personality. And I think he's going to fit in well with the A's. Obviously, he knows them well, having played against them in the, in the AL West for years. Uh, so I like the addition of Elvis Andrews. And then obviously the cash considerations, $13 million, absolutely huge, as I said, to, you know, for the A's to be able to go out and um, hopefully sign some relief pitchers. They already used some of that money to bring back Mike Fires on a one-year deal, $3.5 million. So, you know, that, that at least provides them a little more depth in the starting rotation uh, in case anyone gets hurt or in case they, uh, you know, you can never have too much starting pitching. So I think at $3.5 million, that's a nice move. Uh, Mike Fires, a guy who can contribute even out of the bullpen, maybe uh, if necessary, just a guy who can, can eat some innings and pitches really well in the Coliseum. So I think that was a good move. We're going to hear from both David Forrest and Elvis Andrews, and we'll get to Alex Coffey all coming up in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you about betonline.ag. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And, of course, the 24-hour online casino. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so as promised, let's hear from David Forrest. Uh, he had a media call after the, the big trade, and uh, I thought one of the things that, you know, he one of the interesting things that he talked about was uh, the team wanting to bring back Marcus Simeon, but also knowing that they had to have a plan B, and essentially that's what Elvis Andrews was. Part of being here, part of what we do is having plans B and C and D always in mind. So uh, I first talked to the Rangers about Elvis in November. Um, and we just, it's one of those things where you just keep the conversation going just in case. Um, obviously, um, you know, Marcus was plan A and that didn't work out. So you, you sort of move on and, and try and execute something else to, uh, to help the team. Look, it's got to be tough to be a GM when your owner just, is not willing to spend competitive money. And uh, the A's have to be creative. They always have. That's something Billy Bean has done. That's something David Forrest has done uh, since he's been there. And, and I think this is a really creative trade to, number one, fill your hole at shortstop, and number two, create some, some actual salary space to go out and get some relief pitching. So, um, again, I think it's a really good move for the A's. I think it's a good move for the Rangers. Hopefully both teams will benefit. And uh, I'm excited to see what, what Elvis Andrews does in the green and gold. Uh, Forrest also talked about that reported $13 million cash that the A's got and ha how big a part of the trade that was and what he plans to do with it. I can't say it wasn't an important part of the deal. Um, and, and we would like to move quickly and make some additions to this team. So yeah, when you, you put all the pieces together of this trade and um, you know, the difference between salary and Chris and Elvis and the money that's coming back from Texas, our goal, um, our goal is always to put every available resource into this team. And this is, again, this is still a, a team that has a chance to, to win the division again, you know, defending division champs. Um, we've talked all off season about trying to, 
make some uh, additions to the pitching staff in particular, and you know, both starting and starting depth and the bullpen. And I'm hopeful that we can move quickly to uh, to use some of that payroll flexibility that was achieved. Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, I think the A's would be crazy not to do everything they they can to bring back Yusmero Petit. I mean, to me, that's the first guy that you should be. Uh, on the phone with or his agent anyway and you know Yusmero Petit loved pitching in Oakland he was a popular guy in the clubhouse he was extremely valuable in numerous types of situations out of the bullpen and uh, I don't think he would cost you that much so I think they'd be crazy not to bring him back and hopefully at least another one maybe two more relievers after that as for Elvis Andrews he also spoke to the Bay Area media after the trade went down and he sounds like he's, you know, really excited to come to Oakland. And again, he's a guy who knows the A's well, having played against them in the AL West for years and years with Texas. Not only does it sound like he's excited to come to the A's, but it, it sounds like, you know, we talked about some of the injury issues he had last year. Sounds like he's feeling the best physically that he has in a while. And, uh, you know, having spent the last few years on, on a team in Texas that hasn't really been in contention, Sounds like Andrews is really fired up to to be on the you know the reigning division champions. I want to win, so that's why you know join Oakland. Uh, it makes sense for me because they their mentality is to win, and, and and they are you know the top team. We are the top team in the West right now. You know next to Houston and and and, and Angels. So you know I think that I prepare myself really well this offseason. Uh, I did some adjustment in my game uh, defensively and offensively. Uh, you know, I lose some weight. Uh, my speed is back. You know, I kind of feel like I'm 20 again. Thank God. So, you know, I'm in a really great place right now. And, and like I said, I think that when you, when you do good, good things, uh, great things start open up. And, you know, this opportunity opened up. And for me, you know, it was a no-brainer uh, joining the Oakland A's. I think A's fans are going to love rooting for Elvis Andrews. You know, whether it's just this year or – for two or three years, he is a really great guy by all accounts. And uh, I think his teammates will love him. I think the fans will love him. I expect him to have a good year. I, I think he'll bounce back after kind of a disappointing 2020. But again, 2020 was such a strange year for everybody. And he, you know, he played limited time due to injury. Uh, this is a guy who's, you know, hits over 270 for his career. Really good defensive player. Um, I think A's fans are really going to like, look, he was a Rangers fan favorite. And there is a reason for that. And I think A's fans will love him too. And Andrew said he's fired up to, to play for A's fans. That's one of the things that, you know, playing in the Coliseum um, as a member of the road team for the, the past decade or so, he's taken note of the Coliseum and, and the, the passionate fans that the A's have. He's, he's excited to have them on his side. I mean, one thing that I do love, and I always kind of like, talk to the guys is like how much passion uh Oakland fans had you know uh it's unbelievable how passionate they are and even when you play against you can feel all the energy that, that the fans uh, give to the players they're really loyal and, and I love that you know now being part of the Bay Area uh you know I'll be more than welcome to uh waiting to see what kind of uh, big poster they have for me there uh, which is really cool to see all the time you join, uh, you know, you get to Oakland. You heard of A's fans, got to get to work on that poster now. I'm excited. With a name like Elvis Andrus, I am excited to see what uh, A's fans come up with for his outfield poster. 
All right, let's get to our conversation with Alex Coffey. Again, the, uh, the A's beat writer for The Athletic had a good discussion with her on Monday about everything going on, the trade, uh, the Mike Fires signing, some of the moves that she thinks the A's could still make. So we get into all of that. So here it is, our interview from Monday with Alex Coffey. Well, our guest this week on the Believe in Oakland A's podcast is the A's beat writer for The Athletic, Alex Coffey. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, appreciate your time. And uh, obviously, lots to talk about with, uh, with the recent moves that the A's have made. So let's get right into it. I mean, the, the big trade happening last week, uh, the A's parting with Chris Davis uh, and Jonah Heim and and you know, bringing in Elvis Andrews, finding their shortstop and getting a whole lot of cash. I, I think it was reported like $13.5 million uh, cash considerations as well. Just kind of your overall thoughts uh, on the trade. I know there were, you know, a ton of layers to this. Yeah, well, um, I guess for starters, you know, I've heard from multiple sources that um, the A's owner, John Fisher, hasn't really, the idea of investing his more of his capital into the team at this time in a pandemic year doesn't really appeal to him. So this, you know, um, this kind of took care of multiple, um, like multiple objectives for the A's. You know, you have um, a starting shortstop in Elvis Andrews. Um, you know, obviously they're still on the hook for his salary after 2021, but um, frees up with a 13.5 million that you get back from Texas. It frees up, you know, the majority of his salary that he's owed in 2021. So that gives him a little bit of wiggle room financially um to go pursue some free agents which they haven't pursued up to this point um you know and uh it hasn't been officially confirmed by the club yet but they've already um they're not wasting any time you know they already signed mike fires to a one-year deal 3.5 million um you know it's unclear how much of that um you know 13.5 is going to be used towards free agents um you know, I'm not sure if <laughs> they'll use the entire amount. I feel like the cynical A's fan might say that they won't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, but we did talk to GM David Force um, yesterday. No, wait, two days ago. My concept of time is like non-existent. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he said that he had been making calls on um, relievers too. So it seems like they're not wasting any time. Um, you know, this, these last few days before spring training, they're really going to see if they can shore up the bullpen. Cause as it stands right now, it's pretty young and, um, or much more young and inexperienced than it was, uh, last year, um, comparatively speaking. So, so yeah, I think that this was a great trade for them. Um, in 2021, I kind of have my questions as far as 2022 <laughs> and 2023 goes, you know, he's a little bit on the older side, um, Elvis Andrews, he's, I believe 32 right now, um, you know, and, and they're saying, um, I asked Forst in our media availability with him, um, you know, is the plan for him to like, how much should we expect for him to be playing? Like, you know, obviously Simeon was a guy that was, took the, the phrase playing every day, literally, because yeah. he played like 162 games. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Forrest hinted that, you know, that would, that'll be the expectation that Andrews wants to, you know, be healthy enough to be able to do that. Um, but it's, you know, I looked up some numbers and it's not 
very common for um, a shortstop of that age to play that often. Sure. So um, I think Brandon Crawford was the only shortstop uh, 32 years of age or older that was um, starting 80% of, uh, I guess, regular season games at short. Hmm. So um, it's not something that happens often, which isn't to say it can't happen, but I do, you know, wonder if they're going to have to maybe get a little bit of like get a little creative um, yeah. at that position moving forward. Um, maybe like noisy or, um, you know, they have so much versatility on their roster that they can <laughs> afford to do that. But, no, absolutely. Um, but I think for 2021, it's like definitely like a good, like checks a lot of boxes for them. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, you look at Elvis Andrews and as you said, they're getting, you know, they're getting essentially his salary paid uh, this season. And, yeah. and, and then, you know, next year. We'll... They're on the hook for $500,000. Right, <laughs> which I guess for John Fisher a lot. But uh, no, we'll, we'll see what happens next year. I, I'm with you because it, it almost kind of feels like, you know, a typical A's move would be at some point to maybe flip Elvis Andrews in the future. Mm-hmm. And it almost feels like maybe he's a placeholder for, for a Nick Allen or something like that. Um, yeah. Do, do you kind of see that as, as a possibility? Maybe he gets traded down the road, Elvis Andrews uh, gets traded down the road. Yeah. I could totally see, um, you know, Nick Allen being a candidate to fill that spot. You know, I think with him, it's just offensive, um, you know, getting used to big league pitching. Um, right thing I keep hearing is that he's defensively ready for yeah. big league play. It's yep. just not, um, you know, he needs more at bats. Um, he needs to get more looks. So, so yeah, I think like this buys them a little bit of time um, to do that. So that would make sense to me. Yeah. Well, I, well, as for Elvis Andrews, it's interesting because he kind of had a down year last year. I know he dealt with some injuries and I actually did, you know, he also spoke to the media and, and I watched that um, a few days ago when, when the trade went down mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it sounds like at least in his mind, he feels really healthy. I think he said something like, you know, he feels as good as he did when he was 20 years old or something like that. So <laughs> what do you think as far as uh, the prospects for him having a bounce back season this year with the A's, do you, do you expect him to perform well? It's really hard to say. Cause um you know, he's saying all the right things. Um, they got his back checked out during the off season and, you know, the A's say that there's obviously they wouldn't have traded for him if there were any, if there was any cause for concern sure. in that regard. So, um, on paper, he should be fine. Um, but I was talking to our Rangers beat writer, Levi Weaver about this a couple of days ago. And he was saying, um, you know, Andrews, um, I think he was hit by a fastball and like the elbow in 2018, if I remember correctly, he had some nasty injury. Um, and, um, you know, didn't really look the same after that, that season, 2020, he was dealing with back issues and that was why he, you know, one could guess that that was why he had a down year. Mm-hmm. But, um, but Levi was saying, we don't really know why he had a down year in 2019. Like that question hasn't really been answered. Sure. Um, so you know, it's kind of hard to, um, I, at this point, I, I don't even know if I could like really guess as far as like, what we could expect from him, yeah. um, you know, um, but I keep thinking about that, about like 2019 and what could have, it's like a puzzle that I can't figure out. I'm like, <laughs> what was going wrong then? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, I don't know if it was more health problems or, um, cause sometimes we don't really know what's going on. Um, sure. but, but yeah, so uh, I guess that's a long-winded way of saying your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah. 
No, look, I mean, I, I do kind of expect, I, I don't expect him to be great. You know, just looking at his, his offensive numbers right now throughout his career. I mean, his bat has always been good. I don't think it's ever been great. Um, you know, he always mm -hmm. hits for a good average. The on-base percentage is decent. It's, he's got a little bit of pop, uh, but I think, you know, I don't know. I, I like what he brings in that um, he's a guy who, again, hits for a good average, which is something the A's have kind of lacked, especially last year. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he's a veteran. Um, he's a good, he's a great clubhouse guy. I mean, that's one of the things everybody yeah. has to agree on is he's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, he, I think, will be a nice, you know, a nice leader, especially for some of the younger guys that they have. And as you said, they do have some, uh, flexibility at that position. I'm kind of interested to see, you know, what they do with, uh, with machine. If he gets some time, you know, over at yeah. second base, it sounds like it, Chad Pinder, Tony Kemp, uh, are possibilities. I mean, I think obviously, and I, I think I, what did force say something along the lines of, you know, plan a was, was bringing back Marcus Simeon, Simeon. that doesn't work yeah. out. And this is sort of the next best option. And I, I think I kind of agree there. I mean, I think everyone, probably wanted Marcus Simeon back, except maybe John Fisher. Uh, but mm. once, <laughs> once that fell through, I think Andrews is probably a good option. Yeah, yeah. And he seems like, you know, from everything that I've heard, he seems like a great guy that'll fit in really well. Um, yeah. I know that you were on that call too. Um, you know, so you got to see what his personality was like. Like, I think he'll be a good fit. Yeah. Um, Force did mention that he has World Series experience, which is big for them. Right. Um, he knows the division, you know. Um, so those are all assets. But um, on the flip side, that team absolutely adored KD. Like, they loved him. Yeah. Um, I remember I wrote a feature on KD uh, a couple months ago. And, of course, he didn't want to, you know, he <laughs> doesn't like that kind of stuff. He's not the most um, But his teammates yeah. were, like, lining up to talk about him. They yeah. love him. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a funny kind of dichotomy because, you know, at least in the short time that I've been on this beat, um, you know, we didn't really see much of him. Um, I think he was made available in the media, like, once or twice for the whole season last year. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he wasn't – he was pretty media shy. But um, – but his teammates, his manager, his coach, coaches, they all saw like a totally different side of him. Um, so you're not only losing Simeon, like a clubhouse leader, but you're losing KD as well. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wonder how that'll, um, it's like a one-two punch. I kind of wonder how that's going to affect them from a cultural standpoint. That's a, um, that's even a great if, point. If Elvis Andrews is like, you know, and then these are like, you know, these are hard things to quantify. Um, you know, you can't really... Up, you can't like measure it or anything but yeah i do think that it's um even though it's hard to quantify it's still important so yeah no I, I i agree with you it is tough and you know one of the things i feel like that's benefited the a's so much in recent years is that clubhouse vibe that chemistry whatever you want to call it like they did have mm -hmm. really good leadership and they seem to really get along well and it's tough you lose like you know, as you said, Marcus Simeon, Chris Davis, Liam Hendricks was another guy who I feel yeah. was a big presence in that clubhouse. And it will be interesting to see. Um, I mean, it's definitely going to be kind of a new look. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I did kind of want to ask you about Chris Davis on the field because, you know, we, mm -hmm. we all know what he's been capable of in the past. Uh, the last couple of years have been kind of difficult to watch. And uh, who knows how much of it was injury? Who knows how much of it was just kind of he lost his confidence? Um, I think 
I mean, I know I would guess most A's fans are, are wishing him like the absolute best in Texas. Like I would love to see him get back to where he was. What do you think the, the possibility of that? I mean, do you, do you see maybe a change of scenery helping him find his swing again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, first off, it'll be really funny to see how he hits in that ballpark. Cause yeah. it's like right across the street from a ballpark that <laughs> yeah. he used to like hit absolute bombs. They might need to reopen of, the um, old ballpark now that they've got it. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever Chris is in a lineup, um, let's play across the street. Yeah. Um, um, you know, like when I was reporting that story, um, last year, I talked to a bunch of his teammates and, um, this was like during the postseason when, um, you know, he was starting to really like warm up and stuff. And um, they kept saying they were like entirely convinced that, you know, this narrative that like what happened to KD and, you know, like what, where did he go and blah, blah, blah was kind of, um, you know, not the most accurate. Like they thought it was a little bit um, not accurate. And overblown. Um, yeah, a little bit overblown, maybe like sensationalistic, um, you know, and they felt like there was a lack of understanding from the public um, as far as like what he was dealing with injury wise. Um, and that in 2020, you know, the issue was just lack of playing time, like lack of at bats. Mm. Um, obviously they were only like putting him in, I think for the most part, they were only using him against left-handed pitching. So mm-hmm. um so they felt like 2019 could be chalked up to injury after he like slammed the fence, left field fence. I think it was at um, PNC Park, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, but, um, you're right. And then yeah, PNC Park yeah. against Pittsburgh. Yep. I think it was like May of 2019, and yep. then they chalked up 2020 to, you know, he doesn't even have regular at bats to get in like an offensive rhythm, and sure. for a guy like Pinder who like. You know, I'll forever, forever be impressed by um, utility players or pinch hitters because they're able to like, you know, they're kind of trained. They like have very simple swings. They, you know, they're used to like making the most of these at bats when they do get them. But yeah. for a guy like Chris Davis, who's normally like in the lineup every day, you know, I could see how a 2020 where his at bats are cut in half might have a like detrimental effect on him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. My guess would be that he does bounce back in 2021. I mean, it'll be really, really interesting to see what that extra playing time does for him. Um, but, you know, that was what his teammates seemed to think was going to happen, you know, and, and they were all convinced that, like, what we saw in the postseason, even if it was a small sample size, um, was kind of a precursor for what we would see in 2021. Um, and, of course, they're biased and, like, you know, they're not going to totally, like, sure. slam their teammate. But, like, <laughs> right. But I did think, you know, I, I did think it, it made sense, like those arguments. Yeah. So. No, I, I think you're right. And I think Bob Melvin kind of said the same thing a lot of last year. Like it's just, I mean, last year was obviously a strange year for everybody. So, I mean, even going mm-hmm. back to Elvis Andrews, it, it, I kind of chalk up 2020. Like I, I'm willing to overlook sort of a down season. It was such a weird, yeah. really short. Uh, everything was different as far as, you know, training time and practice time and all of that. So uh, I think, no, look, I, I personally, I hope Chris Davis does find it again. Um, I think David Force said it well in his, his uh, press conference after the trade, like, you know, he did a lot for this organization and 
I mean, just a few years ago, he led the, the entire league in home runs. So he's a guy who yeah. uh, brought a lot of excitement to the A's. Um, yeah, wanna, kind well, of going off of that thing you said real quick about like sure. 2020 and like, it reminds me of, like I talked to Olsen a couple of weeks ago about um, what he's been working on in the off season. And it's been really interesting to like um, talk to players in retrospect about um, from a mental standpoint, like getting through a slump in 2020 in like a 60 game season and how like normally a couple days where you're not hitting so well isn't a big deal, but it, right. you know, it's so heightened in a right. short season, you know, and he doesn't, he doesn't even have like Chris Davis doesn't even have that full season. He has like half of a partial season. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this isn't a guy in my reporting that I've found to be like putting a lot of pressure on himself, but I just have a hard time thinking how like even the most chill of people could not put pressure on themselves when they have like, what, like basically like a third of a season and then half of the at-bats in that third of a season. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's like, every, you really have to make the most out of everything. Um, yeah. So I think that that that's part of it too. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get to the pitching and you, you touched on Mike fires, you know, like literally right <laughs> after the trade, I think is one day it's not official, but they, they signed him to the $3.5 million. So, it, you know, at least they were putting a little bit of that cash to work. Uh, what, what do you think of that move? I mean, obviously they've got <laughs> yeah. a lot of, uh, it seems like the starting rotation might actually be a strength for this team and they do have some really good young pitchers, but maybe fires provides some depth. I mean, he's a veteran too. Yeah. Um, when I like, um, when I heard that they were going to come back, um, the first thought that I had was just that this guy could eat innings, you know, yeah. which is kind of a, not to like underrate him and he's a great pitcher and, you know, but I think, um, you know, as we saw last year, the bullpen was relied upon really heavily because there was a lot of like stopping and starting and it was kind of an uncertain, you know, I think in a COVID in these COVID seasons, it's really, really important to, you know, not tax your bullpen too much. Like you kind of have to strike this balance of like, you know, yeah, like let's use it a little bit more as we're stretching our starters arms out. But like, I mean, you saw by the end of uh, last year, how the bullpen was kind of falling apart in the postseason. Um, you know, when they had been like the reason that they probably the reason that they won the division in during the regular season. And I think a big part of that was fatigue, you know, um, um, so, you know, the advantage of having a guy like fires is that he's used to, you know, pitching like 150 plus innings, um, a year. Like I think from 2015 to 2019, he had, yeah. he's like every season he had pitched 150 innings or more. Um, so that's definitely an asset. Um, I think that that's like the biggest thing that he'll bring them. Um, and then, you know, you look at him in relation to a guy like puck, who they're not really sure how they're going to use him yet. But, um, you know, theoretically, that gives, like, Puck a little bit of breathing room to, you know, if they didn't want to use him as a six starter or something, they could kind of, like, ease him into it and right. maybe even send him down to AAA for a little bit, like, kind of slowly build up instead of, like, you know, we need this guy in the rotation right now. Like, right, especially know. coming off injury. Um, yeah, yeah, and that surgery that he had, um, that cleanup procedure he had last year. Um, so... So I think that, um, you know, like having a veteran guy that can do like, uh, take a lot of the workload will be good for them for sure. Yeah. 
No, that's a good point. And I think, you know, you can never have too much starting pitching. I mean, there's injuries every year, unfortunately. And uh, mm-hmm. so having that depth is, is a good thing. And for $3.5 million, I think, yeah, I think that's a bargain for a guy like that, who, again, like you said, he's going to eat innings. He's really good at the Coliseum too. You know, I mean, I, I know he gives up yeah. a lot of home runs, but at a ballpark like the Coliseum, it seems to really fit him. Uh, he's and- a funny one. Cause like, I always feel like my blood pressure is like, <laughs> whenever he's pitching, like, yeah. I'm like, like, you know, but it's a I feel like a lot of times he just, he wiggles out of it. Yes. Like, I don't like you, like maybe he'll get someone like someone will be on first or something or like the bases are loaded, but he'll just like get out of, uh, I don't know. I feel like yeah. whenever I think back to Mike Fires appearances, it's like my blood pressure is here <laughs> and he like narrowly escaped like disaster. Yeah. Um, he's crafty, but, he's a crafty veteran. He knows how to get out of. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talked about the bullpen a, a minute ago, but that obviously seems to be the biggest need right now, you know, losing Hendricks, losing Soria. Um, and I know that David Forrest said that, that he's made some calls. Who, who do you think potential targets might be? I mean, I know Yusmero Petit is still out there and he's been so good for the A's. Do you, is he a guy you think you could see coming back? Yeah. Petit, honestly, is the first name that I, that I think of when I think of targets because he's familiar, obviously he loves playing in Oakland. Melvin loves him, you know, like it would be a match in that regard. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably not asking for that much if he's still, you know, this market is so flooded that like, I can't imagine that he's asking for a lot and he's just so reliable. Um, you know, speaking of a guy that like cleans up messes, I feel like yeah. the is like always <laughs> cleaning it, you know, he's so steady. Um, yeah. And in a bullpen that, you know, now is going to be full of these young guys that, um, the way Force put it was like lots of talent, but like a lot of inexperience, which I think is a good way to uh, put it. Um, yeah. You know, a guy like that would be invaluable. Um, obviously, he's a little bit on the older side, but um, but he's uh, he's proven that he's like trustworthy and can get out of some pretty um, gnarly situations. So so I think that he should be honestly, I think he should be um, first on their list when it comes to like bringing in a veteran guy. Yeah, no, I, I think the same exact thing. Um, I think they'd be crazy not to do everything in their power to bring him back. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, which I thought was really cool, which I know you wrote an article about, was uh, your sister is officially a professional soccer player. Uh, Sam yeah. Coffey played at Penn State, drafted 12th overall this year um, by the Portland Thorns FC in the NWSL. How cool is that? I, I had no idea um, that your sister was a big time soccer. Player. Yeah, no one knows because it doesn't really come up organically. Um, so when I announced that, everyone was like, what? Like, <laughs> this is so weird. And I'm like, how is that going to come up in conversation? Like someone says they like soccer and I'm like, my sister is a professional soccer. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It seems kind of inorganic to me. Um, Name but we're often. very proud of her. Um, it's still a little bit surreal. Yeah, I know. I'm like, this isn't, um, <laughs> so it's still a little bit surreal for us. Um, you know, she's like, you know, in my mind, it's like, she's just my sister. So then to like, see her, you know, the GM talking about her and like, you know, people freaking out about it on Twitter and seeing my <laughs> parents who are also journalists being interviewed. It's kind of like, that's funny, bizarre. Like, I'm like, this is the girl that eats like three bowls of Lucky Charms a day. Like, how's <laughs> <laughs> this a thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's great. Um, but we're really, really excited for her. She's going to stay at, um, 
Penn State for one more year um, because like she kind of got the, the COVID. It was like a shortened season last year. Um, right. So they're going to give her one more year of eligibility and oh, she's going to cool. get her master's as if she hasn't accomplished enough. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be looking forward to going to see her in 2022. That's really cool. Now, I, I, both of you, very successful. Her in soccer, you in journalism. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. Your, your family is doing quite well. Alex, thanks again for, for coming on the Believe in A's podcast. I know you're busy. Really appreciate your insight and uh, look forward to seeing you, hopefully seeing you out at the ballpark this year. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Ben. Our thanks again to Alex Coffey for joining us here on the Believe in Oakland A's podcast. If you want to follow Alex on Twitter, her handle is at ByAlexCoffey. That's B-Y-A-L-E-X-C-O-F-F-E-Y. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Ben Ross Tweets. And don't forget to continue to download and subscribe to the Believe in Oakland A's podcast anywhere you get your pods. We really appreciate you tuning in. Before we go this week, I want to pay tribute to a, a couple of great baseball people that we unfortunately lost. I'm, I'm sure you've heard on Sunday, ESPN MLB reporter Pedro Gomez unexpectedly passed away at the age of 58. Really crushing news uh, across the baseball world. You can just see how well-respected, how beloved he was um, by, by all the reporters, by all the teams, by all the players, um, you know, by their comments. And I unfortunately never got the chance to meet him, but I, I really enjoyed his work with ESPN. He was also, back in the early 90s, he was an A's beat writer. He, uh, you know, he covered the A's for the, for the Mercury News and then for the Sacramento Bee. Uh, just a, a really tragic loss. You know, again, everyone seemed to, to agree he was one of the really genuinely nice guys in baseball and one of the one of the great reporters too so uh, we we wish our deepest condolences to his family and friends and that's a tough one and then of course uh, since the last time we spoke we also lost the great Dick Callahan A's public address announcer and he also did public address announcing for the Warriors for Cal for St. Mary's College um, gosh talk about another really really nice guy you know, I did get to, to meet Dick Callahan several times when I was at the Coliseum, and he, he was genuinely so kind and welcoming, you know, especially when I was first starting with NBC Sports Bay Area. You know, he always had a smile on his face and was so welcoming to me and always wanted to, to talk to me and see how things were going. And, um, you know, again, reading other people's responses on Twitter and, and online, it seemed like that's how he was with everybody, just a really genuinely great, kind person and uh and a hell of a public address announcer as well what a voice so he will certainly be missed as well and and we wish uh our condolences to his family and friends as well thanks again to everyone for joining us on this edition of the believe in oakland days podcast our next episode will come out on tuesday february the 23rd so we will talk to you then Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.